right, one, two, three. All right, jabronis, we're back. Welcome back to the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your host, Libretti. The show where we talk about nothing and find the lessons in everything. First episode in Texas. First episode in the new LPDS Ranch here in Houston, Texas. Big moves. Big moves. All right. Today is part two of the LPDS Q&A, uh, Ask LPDS Anything, whatever you want to call it, that I did on the Instagrams. So we're going to get into those questions. Uh, we got some news updates for you. Um, a whole a whole hell of a lot going on. Um, so we're going to get to that right now. Very excited to be here in Texas, finally. Um, as you can see, this room is not even close to set up. There's even boxes right over here. I think on screen you can see part of the boxes. Not even close to done. Uh, it's been a nightmare to get done. I had some help with my old man, JPL3, drove down with me and Randy. But now he's gone and it's just me. So I got to figure it out by myself. Uh, and I'm not good at figuring things out by myself. So... We'll see how it goes. I don't even know if I want to stay in this room or be in this part of the room or whatever. So expect a lot of change in here in the studio. We're going to get it right, though, folks. Don't worry. We're going to get it right. It's going to be good to go. Uh, and then it'll be a nice little top-tier studio once again. Um, in the news, before we get into the Q&A stuff, uh, last week they caught the suspect in that Utah quadruple murder case. Now, I don't know if you heard about that. Most of you probably should have heard about that, but that's the case where like four, two, four Utah college students got like stabbed to death in some sort of mini serial killer type of situation. Uh, it was like one night, one shot, the guy did it and then, and then bailed. Well, apparently they caught the guy. He, he fled to Pennsylvania I think they said they caught him because of a car he purchased, um, kind of ID'd uh, who he was, and then come to find out they they got a bunch of evidence on him. Um, initially, they had almost no evidence to go off of. It was very like small, weak leads that they were going off of, but they narrowed it down to this particular dude, and apparently uh, his the evidence that they collected when they searched his apartment and the car and the how you doing um they think they might have actually got the guy so uh stay tuned for some of that because uh, that's a that would be a big um you know a uh, a big high five in the name of justice if they can get this guy now it's not going to bring those four students back unfortunately for those families but you always like to see justice being served appropriately uh when like this goes down and i gotta cut that out damn it three minutes in and we're dropping s-bombs all right, what else we got going on in the news? Um, the winter storms hit hard up in the north, in the northwest and everywhere, practically everywhere in the country. And uh, Jeremy Renner, the actor, got banged up pretty good. I don't know if you saw that, but he, he was like helping somebody 
plow their car out of the road or he was doing something helping somebody else out with his snow plow and got into an accident and banged himself up pretty good. I don't exactly know what happened. I know he had to have multiple surgeries. I think his leg was all shot shot up um, from the accident. So uh, hopefully he gets better because he can't go do um, Arrow Guy. What's the Marvel Arrow? Robin Hood. Not Is it Hawk Guy? No, that's the Falcon Guy that flies. Is it Hawk Guy who does with the arrow maybe whatever jeremy renner needs to get better for that and probably for his family too and more important reasons just making movies but wish him all the best and then as tragedy continues um with people unfortunately everybody i'm sure saw the bills player uh who dropped of a heart attack right on the right on the field there needed cpr and and in the aed how you doing um it sounds like he's okay He's recovering well in the hospital, but it was touch and go for a while. Very scary. He got a hit in the chest, and then they, they uh, that seemed like it triggered uh, a cardiac arrest, heart attack. So hopefully he, he recovers, and it's just that was a freak thing and not some sort of like long-term chronic heart issue that that he's dealing with, it, you know, that he's got to deal with the rest of his life. So hopefully he can get back to banging again. Um, I... I don't know if I would play anymore if I got a tackle. He was the one tackling the runner, by the way. He didn't get tackled. He was tackling, and he got shoulder to the chest, and I think that's what what sparked the heart attack. So I wouldn't play anymore. I'm a, I'm a beta bitch boy to begin with, so just being out there on the field would be a little too scary for me, let alone getting hit to the point where... I die almost, practically dead. No, no pulse, no heartbeat, dead. And he came back to life, so he should take it easy for a little bit. But glad he's doing okay. Um, we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. Uh, what else we got here? Andrew Tate's out of jail again. We talked about Andrew Tate, uh, that class act, top G or whatever he calls himself, real clown. That's what he is. He's a clown. That's what he is. He's a clown. Don't, don't take most of what he says to heart or seriously because it's, it's mostly for views and popularity and money and not for any actual help to people. And I hope you people who signed up for the Hustler University that he was peddling um, maybe don't enroll in the future after that because I don't think you want to be associated with that. So there you go. Um, speaking of shit shows, I'm not going to talk too much into it, but we have to mention the congressional shit show going on right now in the House, voting for a, a, a Speaker of the House. You guys can go and do your digging and find out what's going on and the, and the shenanigans going on with these votes and the tough talking and the bullying and the garbage these are the people we voted for Congress. Now, I know it's the Republicans this time doing the shenanigans, but it's both parties all the time, like we say here at the LPDS. We're always talking about it. it's both parties all the time. These are the people we're voting for every time. The same people. These are the clowns. One guy had a wig on, 
and it was not even a good wig. He couldn't even go and get a top-tier wig to actually look realistic. It just looked like a helmet. And you have people literally walking up to other con congressmen and women on the floor to bully them into voting for their side or whatever it is. And it's on camera. And this is who we put in there to lead our country and make the rules and laws for us. And to spend our tax dollars. Okay, so when you guys think I'm crazy and kooky and talking out of my ass and, and overreacting, go back and watch stuff like this. And then think about, take the LPDS step back and think about, wow, these are the people that we've entrusted to lead our country and keep it safe and prosperous and take care of us and our money and our livelihoods and our future. These are the people. Give me a break. So with that, educate yourselves, please, before you go vote. Don't just do like they tell you on TV. Go vote. It doesn't matter how who you vote for, as long as it's for our guy and you don't think too much about it. Know who you're voting for. Know what they're running for. Know why they're running for that position. And let's be better about picking our leadership so that we don't get stuck with helmet heads and morons and jerk-offs running our country into the ground while they fly away on their private jets with the other elites over to Sex Petal Island swimming in piles of gold coins and children. Now, we'll get to the good stuff, all right? Moving on along, take the tinfoil hat on and put the good LPDS tank top on instead and uh, we'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right, today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Mulva's Mole Removal Serum. Are you sporting a nasty, unsightly mole that sends people running for the hills at the very sight of your disgusting disfigurement? Well, scare people away no more with Mulva's Mole Removal Serum. Mulva's uses a patented, non-organic, gmo chemical compound that literally melts away moles in seconds. You just throw a dollop on that measly mole and watch it burn that bad boy right to bits for good. So to get a bottle today, visit www.skingon.com and use the promo code TWOFACE for 29% off your first bottle of serum. I don't have any moles. I molded them away. Mulva took care of it for me and I'm moleless. So, if you want to be moleless and have a different unsightly scar to deal with, check out Mulva's serum. There you go. All right, the cage fact. As we know from previous cage facts, Nick Cage has had a bevy of exotic pets and animals um, throughout his life. And I don't know currently what he's got going on now besides a cat, but I'm sure he's got something wild and crazy uh, going on in his... Uh, domain, if you will. Um, one of them was a cobra snake. 
Now, if you know anything about cobras, besides the fact that uh, they're snakes, they are the ones that have that like hood shaped to their head. And they sit up like this, and the Middle Eastern gentleman with the turban on and the little skin flute do a little doot, 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 and the snake is dancing around out of the woven basket, and he controls the snake with the little doot, doot, doot. That's what a cobra is. And it also has like a diamond shape, a diamond design on the back of its head, on the back of the hood there. Uh, so it's a very distinct, famous-looking snake, and he's got one. Well, he had one as a pet at one time. I don't know if he still does, but he had one as a pet. I don't know how. They're poisonous. Their venom will kill you. So maybe he had like an EpiPen or something he was holding on to or a vial of, of uh, elixir, antidote, in case he got bit. But he said one day, that's not the, ca- that's not the fact. That's a fact within the fact. It's like cage fact inception here today. One day he said that the pet cobra tried to hypnotize him. And what he means by that, and let's explain here because it's not just Nick Cage getting hypnotized by a snake and you know told to go rob you know the National Bank or something. He said the snake was dancing around in front of him and the little diamond eye it's like a, it looks like a diamond or an eye, depending on the snake, I guess. Was going back and forth and around to try to like get him uh, out of focus, off kilter, so that the snake could then attack him. And I don't know if the snake did attack, but I think he, he said something about he was trying to attack him. And that's how they lull you into a sleep there. Uh, they dance around, you look at the eye in the back of the cobra... And then, bam, he goes in for the kill. Well, that little hypnotization attempt and dancing number that the snake did on him inspired Nick Cage's performance in Ghost Rider. Okay? Fact number three. Okay? This is, this is a loaded Cage Fact episode, folks. I should have separated these, but they all go together. Hand in hand in hand. So if you go back and watch Ghost Rider, there's parts of the movie where he's he's in fight scenes with people and he does this like this dancing routine to to get the people out of focus, you know, get them distracted and then he bam goes in for the attack like that snake, like that cobra. So if if ever you 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 want to know how the great one gets inspired to act a certain way in a movie, he gets it from everywhere, okay? He gets it from the streets, from the theater, from snakes. And that's the Cage fact. Snake Eyes was a great movie, by the way. That's a Nick Cage movie. It's not about snakes, but it might as well be. Um, Killer film. All right, Randy. Randy must be seeing the new neighbors. I'm going to go attack them. All right, let's uh, move on all over into the junction and spin the logo up. All right, Randy, quiet down over there. Um, we're doing part two of the Q&A, the Ask LPDS Anything here. We got a bunch of different questions. I'm going to try to roll through them pretty quickly just so we can 
get people, you know, moving onward and upward, keep it business, but um, we're going on what? Episode 140 in a row of me saying we're going to keep it short and not keeping it short. So one day we'll get it right. Don't worry. Maybe today, maybe not. All right, we'll just get right into it. Um, The first question on this list of part two is what's the worst movie you've ever watched? Asking me, I guess. Um, and I, I thought about this one for a, for a while um, because I watch a lot of movies. Okay, and just as just like it's almost impossible for me to pick the best movie I've ever watched, um, it's almost impossible for me to pick the worst movie because that's very subjective. Um, it's completely based on personal taste and maybe the, the the day you watch it, maybe something bad happened and you're off that day, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm think, talking about off mentally, not off from work or anything like that. Um, so there were a couple that came to mind. Uh, one of them is a movie that has been voted uh, perennially as like the worst movie of all time and that's called The Room. It's a movie by this whack job. I don't know if he was French or Swiss or some we some some weirdo guy. Um, I was gonna say some from some weird country, but the, Europe's not weird countries. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where he's from, but he was a foreign dude in America, living in America, and he wanted to make this movie. And he was a garbage actor, and he was a psychopath, and a nut job, and a weirdo. And it and if you watch the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, from start to finish, the movie was out of control, garbage, terrible acting, terrible storyline, no continuity whatsoever. But it's one of those cult classics that it's so bad, you'll love it. And I, I loved it. I watched it when I was deployed. I'll tell you a little story here. When I was deployed to Afghanistan in the real shit, not that... Not the uh, the trenches of war down in Virginia Beach fighting the modern day D Day. Um, we were in Afghanistan and we had, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the IT folks had um, a network file of movies and shows and stuff that they that they purchased and put on this file for us. It was like a morale drive. So when we were done doing mission stuff, we can go on the computer and watch a movie or a TV show. So that we weren't, you know, testing the strength of our shoelaces each night, if you will. Uh, So one of the movies on there was The Room. Now we watched this movie, a couple of buddies in arms and I, uh, and loved it. Because it was such trash, we loved it. We took this movie. Now, each individual unit on the compound had their own mini morale drive where they would take movies, copy movies from the main media drive and put it in a smaller one um, so that their team, their individual team could watch those movies without any bandwidth issues. Because if everyone's watching the movie from the one file, uh, the way computer matrix stuff works, it slows it down and there's bandwidth issues. Um, You don't want to deal with that. So we would separate out and do copy-paste of those movies into those individual drives well we were bored one day it was uh, we, our mission got rained out and a couple of us 
took our team individual morale drive and we changed all the movies in there. There was about 50 movies in there and we made all 50 movies The Room, but we changed the titles to make them look like they were the original movies we put in there. So Thor, Iron Man, uh, you know, Snake Eyes with Nick Cage, like every regular movie that you can you can imagine, uh, we just changed the title to 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 that, so that when people opened up each movie, it popped up to the room, the movie, the room. And if you watch the movie, within like the first like two seconds of the movie, there's some weird, creepy sex scene going on with with peepees and boobies all over the place. Um, so. We, we sat in our leadership office, and then on the other side of the door there uh, was the main area of our team, and they would, they would put up movies on the big screen monitor that we had, and you can hear people clicking on a movie, and they're like, oh, what the hell is this? The Room? Oh, let's go for, watch something else, and they click on another movie. Let's go watch Thor instead, and they click on that, and it's The Room again. They're like, shit, and the whole we got about four or five people clicking four or five different movies, and at one point they're screaming, like, what the hell is going on? Am I being tricked here? And the whole time I'm crying, crying, laughing in the other office. We're dying. We can just hear them <laughs> because we hear the music, and then the movie comes back on, and we know what's going to happen right after. They're going to lose their freaking minds, and they did, and I was cramping up. I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard, I almost lost it right there in the office, right there in the middle of war, pissing myself like Private Opum or some other weakling. But man, was that good. So, long story longer, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The, probably the worst, worst I've seen. There's two more I'll talk about here. Um, the only movie I, I remember thinking about wanting to walk out of the theater when I was watching it. Um, and I know this is going to be probably a, more of a hot take and, and people are going to disagree with me here, but the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split, about the dude uh, with split personalities. I forgot the guy's name, the actor who did it. Um, he's a good actor. He was in X-Men. Um, I think he was like, he played like a young Professor Xavier. I forgot the hell the dude's name. But he was in, he had split personalities, 20, 30 different personalities, and he's a psychopath and Blah, blah, blah. And the idea of the movie was good, and it lines up with the other movies that M. Night Shyamalan did, uh, Mr. Glass and Unbreakable and all that stuff. It's part of that series. Uh, but, the, I mean, the, the script was trash, and the whole movie was like a big anticipation into nothingness. It was all lead up, lead up, lead up to some ridiculous thing at the end. And here's a spoiler where the dude with the split personalities morphs into some weird mutant guy who's super strong. And it's like some mega supervillain. I don't know what the hell happened at the end there. It became unrealistic. I thought the whole movie was going to be about dealing with the personalities. And it was like a thriller, dark thriller with a twist at the end or whatever. And the twist was that he turned into a, a mutant, a weirdo mutant thing. But the script was so bad, they left nothing to the audience imagination to actually like use our brains and realize what's going on. They just spelled it out for you in the worst, most obvious ways where, like, there was another another spoiler here. There was a part in the movie where 
the dude with the personality disorder is with his therapist and she's asking him questions like, oh, you know, what's Sally up to? What's Joey doing? How's things? Are you able to deal with, you know, Mikey or whatever? And as they're talking, you can already figure out like she's talking about his split personalities. She's obviously talking about that. But then she has this whole monologue where she just spells it out for us. And it's not natural at all. If a therapist did that to me after I've been talking to them for months at a time, I would walk out. I'd be like, what is this? This is weird. This doesn't make any sense. I, I, I know what I'm here for. We've been here for months talking about my personality disorder. She was like talking like, well, we know, Jerry, we know you have 23 different personalities that come out at different times. And you don't know when they're going to come out. And some are violent and some do bad things and you black out. And you don't realize what's going on with all these personalities. And it's very tough for you. But can you tell me how you're dealing with them and coping with them? It, that's what it was like. And it's like, again, if I was a repeat customer, if I was a patient at this therapist ongoing for months at a time, years probably even, don't you think I would already know about my 23 goddamn personalities? Some are violent and I black out every time. Like, I know she would, they would clearly inputted that into the script just to explain it to the viewer, thinking we're stupid and we weren't going to figure it out ourselves. And it was so terribly done I was completely put off to the rest of the movie and then there was a part where M. Night Shyamalan's in the movie and he's like eating Hooters wings and he's saying all these stupid jokes that like were funny when we were eight years old we're talking about boobies and and stuff like that and chicks and like oh yeah it was funny And, and it was just he missed the mark on that one completely in my opinion I know people like the movie a lot of people did uh, because it connected with the other two movies, Mr. Glass and Unbreakable, which were pretty good movies by Shyamalan. But that one for me was that was the one movie I can recall vividly wanting to get up and leave the theater because it was just so obvious and, and stupid to me. I was like, what a waste of a good potential storyline. They really shit the bed there. Um, so that's that one. So if I were to have the vote, it would probably be that one. The third one I want to talk about real quick, there's one I just found out about. I, did I mention it earlier in a previous episode? I don't know. Um, I think I did. My sister found this movie that was being made as a Christmas movie. And it's called Rhapsody Street Kids, A Christmas Miracle, some crap like that. Um, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. Long story short, this guy had this idea of making a Christmas movie um, using this old Windows um, make-your-own-cartoon software program called 3D Choreographer. It was supposed to be like, oh, the normal consumer can now make movies on, on their own computers. They don't need to be a big wig and spend all this kind of money on different programs. Anyway, it was a bust, absolute bust. He had so many big names in the movie doing characters uh, for it. Um, the the girl who played the voice of like Belle in Beauty and the Beast, the girl who played the voice of Ariel and Little Mermaid was in it. The Black Ranger was the main character. The the girl who does uh, does Bart Simpson's voice was in it. Peebo Bryson sang the uh, the main theme song of it, and Mark Hamill was one of the bullies in the movie. Luke Skywalker, the Joker from Batman animated series, that Mark Hamill was also a voice in this. 
crazy how many how many big names this guy got. The movie was 40 minutes long. It was terrible. I've never seen anything so poorly created in my life. The 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 program was so not user friendly that the the animators that were that he hired to do it actually called up like Microsoft or whoever made the program and the designers of the program even couldn't figure it out for them. They're like, "Hey, this is the best we can do to help you out, but we don't know." why it's not working otherwise. So like there's people in the movie who have to wear the same thing and hold the same like things in their items in their hand because there's no way to change the animation. So there's one dude in the movie, one kid who's wearing a scarf and holding a sub sandwich the entire movie. No matter where they are, out in the playground, inside, in a classroom, this bastard's holding a sub sandwich, like a meatball sub, the entire movie. And they even tried to like write it into the storyline of why he's carrying this sandwich around. But it's obvious they wrote that in because they had to figure out a way around the garbage animation. Um, so you should check that out. That's one of those, again, like The Room, a cult classic where it's so bad, you got to show it to your friends and family. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's called Rap City Street Kids, A Christmas Miracle or something like that. And it's spelled weird. It's like R-A-P-S-I-T-T-I-E Street Kids. Go check that out. Those are the worst movies I've ever watched. Now that we're an hour 45 minutes into the first question, let's move on to the next question. All right. This one goes, uh, how much money do you make? Um, that's none of your business. I tried to figure out who asked this question uh, and why, uh, and I'm pretty sure the person who asked this next question is the same person. They asked what my mortgage payment was. Um, none of your business, all right? I'll tell you this. It's good enough to survive on, and it's not good enough that I could uh, hire people to unpack and decorate my house for me. I got to do it myself, okay? And I don't make enough to pay off my student loans in a timely manner either. So do with that what you will. All right, next question here. What's the drunkest you've ever been? Now, I... I've been thinking back to that because there have been some times where I've been a little inebriated. Um, a lot of times off the top of my head. I think the, the drunkest I've ever been, and I've had similar episodes, I guess you can call it. Um, so I was, we were at this wedding a friend's wedding, a college baseball player buddy's wedding in Florida. This is probably the drunkest I've ever been because the, the other story I was going to say was I was more of a browning out where um, my friend was giving me... I, we have the brotherhood hydration rule, as you guys know, where every time you drink a booze or an alcohol drink, uh, you make sure you drink some, you crush some water so you stay hydrated and you're not getting too out of control the whole night. Well, I, we were at this bar... And, that my friend worked at, and every time I would ask him for water, he started giving me Rumplemans instead. And the first time, obviously, I caught it because it didn't taste like water. I was like, what the hell is this? He's like, ah, oh, Rumplemans, got ya. <laughs> uh, very funny. Well, as I continued to drink, it got harder and harder to realize that the Rumplemans was in the cup because then he would give me a water, and then it would be a Rumplemans, and then it would be a water, and then it would be a Rumplemans. And eventually, it got to the point where I didn't realize he was giving me only Rumplemans instead of the water. So I was drinking my booze drinks and then 
chasing it down with rumplements to the point where I was I was in a, like a brownout mode. We were we were bar hopping, and all I remember is walking between bars. I would see some strangers out there, and I would shit talk them, and then I would brown out and end up in a different bar. And we did that all night. I brown out. I we end up in an Uber and McDonald's. I brown out the next morning. Apparently, I tucked myself onto the recliner and went to sleep. Uh, so that was one of them. But the drunkest, I think, was at this wedding in Florida. One of our buddies downloaded this app on his phone that you did a little like shake of the phone, and it shook. It it turned this this wheel or whatever, um, and it popped up a different uh, cocktail. And it was open bar, so what we would do is just like, hey, what's the next drink we're getting? And he would shake the app up, and it would be like, boom, extra, you know, dry martini or whatever, uh, or extra dirty, whatever they called those, rich people drinks, James Bond, you know, dirty martinis or whatever. Uh, and then it was next again, oh, margarita, next again, uh, you know, Jack and Coke, and we just did that the whole wedding. Um, and that was before we were doing the Brotherhood Hydration Rule, so there was very little water going down. Uh, it was mostly booze. And the plan was, we go back to the hotel after the wedding, we change out of our suits, and we get into more uh, Florida-appropriate clothing, and then we go out and hit the bars and rage and do stupid stuff. Well, we got to the point where changing out, and this is the last thing I remember. I'm texting my, my friend from New Jersey. is actually also in the same town of Florida, and they were going to meet us at the hotel, and we were going to go out together. I remember texting my friend. I changed out of my suit and into, into different clothes. My, I hung my suit up. I was in the bathroom. I hung my suit up on the shower curtain rod or whatever so that I can brush my teeth and, uh, and get ready for the night. And my buddy comes into the bathroom. He's like, hey, I, got, I think we should pull the trigger to make room so that we could go out and drink more and have a good time out at the bars. So I was like, fine. So I pulled the trigger in the toilet. He pulls the trigger in the sink. And he's got like the, you know, the steak dinner from the wedding. He's like playing with it in the sink. This is how drunk we were. Playing with it in the sink. I'm laughing my ass off. We're having a good time. Puking it up, getting ready to go out and rage. The next thing I remember, I wake up the next morning on the bed in the hotel. I'm in my clothes still, my going out clothes. My buddy is back in the hotel, and I ask him, like, what the hell happened? Come to find out, I never made it out of the hotel room. Apparently, my friend did meet up with us at the hotel, saw that we were all practically passed out or doing whatever, and left, and was trying to, and then said something like, I'll meet you out there, I'll call you or whatever. I never answered the phone. Um, I couldn't find my phone. I didn't know where it was, so I was looking around everywhere. I found my suit in the shower. I found steak tips in the, in the sink. And eventually, I found my phone inside the closet on the top shelf in the closet. Don't know how it got there. So I got so drunk, I guess I just passed out in the hotel room, and they all left without me. And then I just woke up the next morning. I don't, even, I don't know where they went. I don't know how good of a time it was. I missed all my friends. And uh, 
that was that. So that's the drunkest I've ever been because I don't remember a good 15 hours of an, of an evening, of a day. Uh, that was way back in the day when I was in my early 20s. Uh, I was in bad shape, bad shape. So, all right, thank you for the question. Next question here. Have you ever bought an escort or a prostitute? That's also none of your business, all right? You, you don't kiss and tell. Or as the saying, I guess, should go, you don't buy escorts and tell. Um, so thank you for that question. Next question here. What's your deal with feet? I think I've talked about this a lot previously just in passing because it's a topic that's always constantly on my mind. Feet are disgusting. I don't even like saying the word or spelling it out. They're disgusting and people don't take care of their own. And it makes it even more disgusting. And I've seen multiple people, especially like celebrities and famous people on podcasts, joking about how they never wash their feet. They just let the water in the shower just trickle down and whatever hits them, hits them. And that's that. That's disgusting. People walking around barefoot in public areas, the barefoot people at the airport or like the people who wear just flip-flops with no socks at an airport they're walking through TSA and I know everyone's saying like oh well people just will just wash them and they'll be clean after but they don't wash them and if they do they're half-assing where they're just letting the the already dirty water off the top of your body trickle down to the bottom and then they get into the bed like that or they tramps around the house this, it's disgusting. Or if you're ever going to the bathroom in public with all the pee-pee frat, like, that's my issue with feet. It's really more my issue with people because they don't take care of them. They just think they're like noses where you don't have to clean them uh, you know, as vigorously even though you keep them stuffed up in sweaty, dirty socks all day long. Or you're walking around outside on disgusting grounds and you're just like, ah, don't worry about it. They're good. I'll go sleep with them. I'll put them in bed with somebody who, I, you know, my spouse. Give me a break. They're disgusting. Make me want to throw up and not pull the trigger. I just, I just think about them. I want to puke. That's my issue with feet. And, the, and that's the deal. That, that should be your issue with them too. People are, are a little too nonchalant about uh, foot hygiene and being okay with it. And then they wonder why everyone's getting sick and always has germs and disgustingness going on. Next question. Do you have any Netflix recommendations? Um, I actually do. Uh, I just watched a couple of like mini documentaries. They've been out for a little while. And, and The Wet Cat and The Creature uh, and Mrs. Wet Cat uh, turned me on to these. Um, because they've seen them originally, and they're good. They're good shows. One is called "Don't Fuck with Cats." It's on Netflix. It's like three or four episodes, I think, of this docu series about this dude who posts a video about something bad with cats, uh, and people want to get revenge on him uh, because you don't fuck with cats, and it turns wild. Okay, so I'm not gonna spoil it. Just know that it starts with. A CD cat video posted on the internets and and go on your way. Go watch the documentary. It's incredibly, incredibly wild. Uh, the next one 
is almost just as wild in a different way. Uh, it's called Don't Pick Up the Phone. It's about um, the situation back in the, in the 90s and early 2000s of a guy, and I'm trying not to do spoilies here uh, because I know uh, people don't like spoilies apparently, but it's a guy who is making prank calls to different fast food restaurants and getting them to do horrific, horrific things. All right, that's all I'll say on it. Watch that one. It's also on Netflix. Wild stuff. Um, go watch those and then let me know what you think of them. Um, and then after, by the time you watch them, maybe I'll have some more recommendations for you. So good question. Thank you for that. All right, next question. Um, what's the craziest pickup line that you use that actually worked? Ah, uh, I was racking my brain and I don't really remember having any, I don't have any real crazy pickup lines that I've ever used before. Uh, the being serious anyway. I think the one I used that was like the funniest with somebody that worked on them because they knew it was a joke. I think I was having a conversation with some girl and I was like, oh, you know, we were joking about like ridiculous pickup lines and I told her this and she laughed and then uh, we did like make out or something like that after. Um, but it was, again, it was obviously a joke because I don't want I don't want the cancel police coming out here to get offended and and you know call for my head on a platter because they can't take a joke or they're too easily offended and they're beta bitch boys. But the 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 pickup line was something like, "Hey, uh, did you just sit in a pile of sugar because you have one sweet ass?" And that's the line. Uh, and uh, that played that played again. Uh, it was a, a weird, you know, circumstance. It wasn't like I just walked up to some stranger and said that. I don't know if I have the um, the balls or the stupidity to do that these days, but uh, it worked, uh, and we did make out, and uh, it was that was that. So, all right, here's the next one. Thank you for that, by the way. What's the longest you've gone without showering? Um, this is easy. Not long at all. The longest I've gone was about three days. And when I say going without showering, it was it was without inside of a, of a bathroom, like an indoor bathroom with plumbing and shower where you're like a standard shower, uh, like you do at your house. It was three days. I was at boot camp and we were doing this field exercise and we were in tents for four four days straight. So the first day, obviously I had, you know, I showered already and then we marched up the five miles to get to the camp. Um, and then I didn't shower again until we got back, uh, at the end of the fourth day. So what we did though, was we, they had like, um, potable water, water tanks that you can go and do a wash up. And I did like a horse bath with like some baby wipes and the cold water just to get like my hands and feet clean and underneath my ball bag and, and pits and stuff like that, the main things. And it was just like a quick rinse because we were outside. We couldn't like shower anywhere. So we had to go outside and do the do the do that way. Um, and that was about it. That was the longest I've gone. And I, tr and I tried to think about some times where I went without showering, but I shower daily, sometimes twice a day. And I know people are like, oh, you don't want to shower too often because then the essential oils on your skin feel, peel up a little shut up get in the fucking shower 
All right, that's disgusting. This is the 21st century. We're in a first world country. Have some respect for yourself. There are ways to shower every day without losing the essential oils on your body, okay? Just go look it up. You can figure it out. Don't use that as an excuse to be dirty and disgusting and go to bed dirty and disgusting and sleep in your filth like pig pen, okay? There are ways to do it. And I try to do that. And I'm clean. I have no acne, no funguses, no weird growths growing on me. I don't smell like shit. I smell like garlic and olive oil, but that's, I can't help that. That can't be helped. That's just how I was born. So there are ways to do it. If you're asking this question to justify you not showering on a regular basis, you're wrong. You're disgusting. You're wrong. Get your ass in the shower immediately. There's no reason to not exhibit and exercise good hygiene. Take some pride in your own life. And that goes for brushing your teeth too and mouthal hygiene. Oral hygiene. Mouthal's not a word, you absolute idiot. Anyway, good question. Thank you for that. This next one here is not a question. Oh, this is a joke. This says, I have a crush on you, but it's from the, the makers of the app, the Not Gonna Lie app that I did the anonymous question um, because it says at the bottom here, I'm looking on my computer here in YouTubeville, uh, for all those of you listening on iTunes land, I'm looking at the computer. Um, the bottom of it said, sent from your, from, you know, with love from the team at NGL. Um, so that's stupid. I guess they were just trying to add to the list of, of questions and messages to make it look like I'm more popular than I really am. You don't have to sugarcoat at NGL. I know I'm not popular. Okay, I have about six friends. The rest of the people, um, I am friends with them, but I don't think they want to be friends with me. I think they just tolerate me, and I respect that. I, uh, I'm an acquired taste. I got it. Um, but NGL, you don't have to add fake questions that's okay. I appreciate it. Um, but thank you for that. All right. Next question here. Do you have any pets? Yeah, I got Randy. He is the LPDS dog. Randy the dog. I don't know where he is right now. Um, he might crawl back in here later on, but he's out doing his own thing around the new house, uh, getting a lay of the land and doing the do. Um, I had the original LPDS dog, Stanley, the German Shepherd, rest in power. Stanley Goodspeed, um, top tier, top tier dog. Uh, but we got Randy. He's also a top-tier dog. He's a little bit more high-maintenance. I'm getting him trained so that he can become an absolute specimen and not so much the spectacle that he is right now. But thank you for the question. All right, next one here. Uh, what are you wearing? Same thing I wear every week. LPDS tank top. The uniform of the LPDS. Now, should it be a more mature uniform, like a suit or a long-sleeve shirt or any shirt with sleeves? No, it's whatever you want it to be. This is the LPDS. You do what makes you happy. And as long as it's not immoral or illegal, you do what makes you happy. And I, this makes me happy. Wearing a cheap tank top with a shittily designed logo on it, that's what I like to do, and that's what I'm going to continue doing. So that's what I'm wearing. Thank you very much. Next question. What's your middle name? P. JPL. My middle name is P. Didn't take rocket scientists to figure that one out. Thank you for the question, though. All right. 
I think this is the final question here. Uh, let's see here. Let's make sure. Nope, we got we got one more after this. Okay, so the most evil person. Who do you think is the most evil person in society in history ever? Um, that's a tough one. I think the easy one is to go with the H man Hitler, uh, because we're we're. Most of us are decently well-versed in the atrocities of Hitler and the Nazi regime and the Holocaust and all that stuff. Um, but it's not, this is not as simple a question as you think if you go back to the annals of history and what your idea of evil is. I mean, Hitler killed millions and millions of people, uh, not just the Jewish people, but in the war through the Nazi party um, as well. So... That's a lot. So if we're going per capita, yeah, he was he's up there. Uh, but don't forget, there's people like Jeffrey Dahmer who are eating people or John Wayne Gacy who would lure young men back to his house and he would do sex with them and then kill them and piece them up and bury them under his house. Over 30 bodies he was living on top of. That's e like from a, for a single person, that's evil. And it's all perspective, too. What about Genghis Khan, or whoever you pronounce his name, Genghis Khan? I, the, the hoity-toities in the historical world, make sure that you know that it's actually pronounced Genghis Khan. Uh, shut up, dude. Okay? That's why you wear a proper pocket protector, and you probably have no spouse. And you live with your cat. Because you pull shit like that. Genghis Khan, though, was a monster. All right? His DNA is in like 15% of this entire world because he did exactly like literally what we joke about when people are like, we're going to rape, pillage, and plunder this world like the pirates of the, of the old days. He did that to the entire world at one point, practically, where they just dominated and conquered lands and he borked all their women mostly against their will, and then he cut off their heads and he put them on stakes for all the, the rest of the public to see. Like, this is your fate if you cross me. So, I don't know, again, I don't know the number of people he killed, but he dominated the, the, the Eastern world and most of the world back in the day. So, his numbers are probably close to the H-Man. Um, so that's a tough question, but I think the easy answer is H-Man, Genghis Khan, the other one, some of those murderers. There's a lot of bad people in this world. Um, luckily, there's more good people. And if you listen to the LPDS, you can continue spreading and making more good people in more ways than one. So thank you for that question. That was a good one. That was a good thinker because it makes you uh, go back to your brain and, and analyze and not just take the easy answer out. You have to think about all the bad people going on in the world. Um, it's a dangerous game because you don't want to be in that negative headspace for too long. But, um, again, interesting learning uh, exercise there. So thanks for that. All right, last question. This one says, hypothetically, if you have a friend that you play video games with and they suck at video games, but you don't have the heart to tell them, how would you approach the situation to let them know that they suck at video games. You don't want to play with them anymore. I have a strange feeling that there somebody's talking about me. 
uh, because I suck at video games. I guess this is the way to go about approaching the situation. Uh, so thanks for that question. But I suck at video games. Um, I play them purely to go online and talk to my friends who might be at different different parts of the country and I can't always hang out with. I don't play them to compete or be good at gaming. It's very evident that I don't do that because when you play video games with me, you can see very quickly I suck at them. In fact, I would prefer to just watch my friends play video games so that we can just shit talk and BS. Um, that's what I did in college when we were physically uh, hanging out together. I could just sit in the apartment and watch them game and we could shit talk and have a good time and I don't have to go embarrass myself. Um, but I will say if, you're, if they're your true friend, you just you got to tell them like, look, you're so bad. It's to the point where I don't even want to play with you anymore and shoot the shit with you because you're hindering the gaming experience. Now, if you are a real good friend, you understand that the gaming experience means shit in real life. At the, in the grand scheme of things, you're not playing for money. You might be trying to get better at something. But guess what, pal? There's 24 hours in a day. If you're trying to get better at gaming, spend some time gaming by yourself to get better. And then you can spend some time with your good friends, supposedly your good friends, shooting the shit and not worrying about how good things are. Um, so that's probably what I would do. Um, but... Like I said, I think they're talking about me, so message received, pal. Message received. Thank you for that. Um, I think that's all I got question-wise today. So thank you for the submissions. We'll do that again some other time later in the, in the, in the distant future. Um, we can run it back and have some more questions and have some fun with it, see if we can get some new folks uh, submitting their feedback on there. So that was a good time. Uh, before we go, though, the big three, got it. We got to talk about it. The, the, for those of you first tuning in, it's the it's the three pillars of the LPDS to staying strong and being a better, more grateful, more positive, happy human being and spreading that goodness to the rest of the rest of the universe. There. So number one, exercise every day. Uh, it's the easiest thing to do because it's a simple. I say it's the simplest thing to do. It's as simple as going for a walk, okay? Get the endorphins going, get the chemicals rushing through yourself, your system. Um, if you exercise every day in some way, shape, or form, you will eventually be healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally, all right? Number two, the hardest one to follow, don't be a shitty person, be a good person instead. It's the hardest one to follow because the most opportunities we have in each day, especially if we're on social media, is on the on the computers and the phones um, there's so much opportunity out there to be a shitty person and to make a negative comment and to shit talk and to take a jab at someone thinking like oh it's just a profile online it means nothing to them fire fire shit talk away and be good to go and think ah, I got him I showed them man look at that look at that point I made to the people everyone's gonna love me for sure um, it doesn't work that way folks okay one your point is never made appropriately um, you're not fixing any negativity by doubling down on negativity. All you're doing is hurting somebody because that's a person who has to read that. And if they're, they don't have thick skin, if they don't know how to deal with, uh, with that sort of cyberbullying, um, they're going to take it to heart. And you don't like when people are shitty to you. So imagine how you feel 
and now flip that and understand that's what you're doing to some stranger on the internet. Okay, so take the step back. When the opportunity arises to be a shitty person, take the step back and don't take that opportunity. It's, that's all you have to do. If you want to take it a step further and make a positive comment, if you have that sort of control to be able to do that, go for it. Otherwise, you don't double the environment with more negativity. That's not how you beat the negativity in the world and the shit in the world. So that's that. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. And if you just do a little bit of that each day and couple that with the, with the other two of the big three, you just actively wake up in the morning, you think of one thing you have in your life that makes your life better, and be great and just actively be grateful for it. Man, like, that, wow, I can't believe I have this 100-year-old Resolute-style antique desk that I got from my parents that's priceless in my mind because I got it from my parents, but who knows what it's worth. Um, it's in pretty good condition, all things considered. It's, it's, it sounds simple and stupid. It's a desk, but if I didn't have it, I'd be sitting here holding my, my computer like a schwuck trying to do a podcast in a chair and a computer and nothing else like an idiot. I already am an idiot, and most of the show that I put out there are made by an idiot, and I look like an idiot. So I'm grateful I have this desk, this little simple thing, and it's as easy as that. And, if, and eventually you start thinking about more and more things each day you're grateful for, and your, and your muscle memory starts to shift into that level of thinking all the time, and you couple that with not being a shitty person and, and getting more and more out of the negative realms that make you want to be a shitty person, and you couple that with exercising and feeling better mentally, physically, and emotionally, and you have the recipe for being a better, happier, more positive, grateful human being, and you can spread that to the world. The three simplest things to do, the big three, that's it. And that's all I got today, folks. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. If you, if you liked what you listened to, don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell so that you know when more content's coming out and tell your friends and enemies so that we can spread the good word and spread the positivity and the LPDS lessons to the masses. So don't forget to call the hotline too, 202-670-1114. I love hearing hotline calls. Um, make sure you, you send those in and tell your friends about it. So, All right, thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.